Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Mo H., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 27th, 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 55, the last paragraph, beginning with, in this book you will read, through five paragraphs, ending with companionship with his creator, and the comments will be on all the paragraphs. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Melissa C.K., the 12 Traditions, Susan R., and the readers of the text are Ramona A., Jordan L., and Terry H. is our backup reader, and uh, the newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The share ID for Thursday, April 26th, the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 11,348, that is 11348. And for Friday, April 27th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 11,350. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Melissa C.K. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Melissa C.K., Grateful Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Melissa C.K. And I will now ask Susan R. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, good good morning. I'm Susan R., serving from Rhode Island. Uh, These are the 12 traditions. One, Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related 
facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those we, they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. I pass. Thank you, Susan R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book, and we are on page 55, starting with in this book you will read, and we'll be reading through five paragraphs, ending with companionship with his creator. And I will now ask Ramona A. to get us started. Hi, this is Ramona A. in Vermont. Um, Am I coming through clearly? Yes, you are, Ramona. Okay. In this book, you will read the experience of a man who thought he was an atheist. His story is so interesting that some of it should be told now. His change of heart was dramatic, convincing, and moving. Our friend was a minister's son. He attended church school, where he became rebellious at what he thought an overdose of religious education. For years thereafter, he was dogged by trouble and frustration. Business failure, insanity, fatal illness, suicide, these calamities in his immediate family embittered and depressed him. Post-war disillusionment, ever more serious alcoholism, impending mental and physical collapse brought him to the point of self-destruction. One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, If there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question, Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? This man recounts that he tumbled out of bed to his knees. In a few seconds, he was overwhelmed by a conviction of the presence of God. It poured over and threw him with the certainty and majesty of a great tide of flood. The barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. He had stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. I'm Ramona, a compulsive eater recovered in Vermont. And what what comes through to me, and I look at my history in this, is that I believed in God. I just believed that God would punish me for the slightest imperfection. Um, and I felt that, you know, the game of life was going on and no one had given me the rules. I didn't know what I was supposed to do to be able to stay within the lines, 
And I know that part of that came from my relationship with my father. My father had no addictions. He was actually a, he was a very wonderful man, a loving, caring person. Uh, but he also had, I think, perhaps some mental illness where he could get angry suddenly for a reason that I never knew about. So I carried that with me from childhood up through um, life as my disease progressed. And when I got into OA, that was still the truth for a long time. And for me, it didn't happen suddenly that it was gone. I did have some wonderful and have had some wonderful spiritual experiences, sudden experiences of the presence of God. I've been blessed with those. But I did not immediately you know, drop the fear, et cetera. It was very gradual, and it has been gradual, but to the point now where I know the love of God and I know that God is caring for me, and I know that when I have a problem, if I can just let it go and say, I am powerless over all this stuff that's going on around me in my life, et cetera, and leave it to God, that the answers do come, you know, not immediately always, but they do come and the smallest situations, two larger ones, are resolved and usually in a way that I never would have guessed. You know, it wouldn't if I continued to rely on myself, which was what I thought I had to do, you know, from the age that I could rely on myself to you know, and uh, for the longest time anyway, because it's been gradual that um, I never would have come up with those solutions. And I do remember people telling me, Ramona, you're just going to have to take care of yourself for a long more time if you keep going like that. And I said, yep, I can do that. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it well. And I'm so, so grateful to come into... uh, the knowledge that I don't have to anymore, that God really is with me, and God is loving, and more than I can ever imagine, but certainly not the angry, punishing God and looking for perfection as I I thought. So um, with that, I, I'll pass, and thank you for letting me be of service. Okay. Thank you very much, Ramona A., I will now open the lines up for those who would like to share on these five paragraphs. Um, Carrie K. Carrie or Carrie? Carrie with a C like cat. Oh, Carrie. Okay, sorry. Carrie K. Carrie H. Sherry Wendy H. M. Wendy M. Wendy M. Whoops, whoops, whoops. Need that again. <laughs> Marie J. Marie J. Marie D. Marie B. Angela L. Angela L. Ginger C. Ginger C. Okay, we'll stop there. Amanda D. Okay, Amanda. I'll put, Amanda, I'll put you on the first of the of the second group. Thank you. All right, I have Carrie K, Sherry H, Wendy M, Marie J, Mary B, Angela, I didn't get your last initial, and Ginger C. All right, well, Carrie K, start, followed by Sherry H. Thank you. This is Carrie K in Colorado, and I'm going to have what I suspect is perhaps um, a slightly different perspective on these chapters than many other people because I am that atheist. I am not a believer in the traditional Judeo-Christian God. And when I first read this chapter, it was so triggering for me to the point of put the book down, this is not for me. Um, But it's taken quite a while for me to figure out what my higher power is since it's not the traditional God. And forming a connection with that higher power. And it's something I struggle with even after a year in program. But uh, identifying my higher power, identifying how to connect with my higher power and learning to turn things over to my higher power 
has not only been quite the challenge and quite the journey, but quite the learning experience. And so I just remind myself, as I've said many times before, whether my higher power is God or George or Allah or anything else, it doesn't matter. We can call our higher power whatever we want. We can define our higher power as ever we want, as long as we can find a connection to that higher power that can help us on this road to recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie Kay. I have Sherry H. followed by Wendy M. Sherry. Sherry H., can't hear you. Hi, everyone. This is this is Terry H. with a T. Oh, Terry. Oh, okay. Yes, Thanks. in North Carolina. I gratefully recovered today. Beautiful day. Um, yeah, happy Friday. So I, I, there's a lot in these uh, paragraphs that I can talk about uh, that I identify with. And um, I want to focus that there is a God who certainly hasn't done anything for me. You know, I was at that place in my life, you know, all the experiences I had uh, that impacted me throughout my life, um, you know, brought me to that place where, you know, um, that I got to that place where I felt like God didn't do anything for me, so why should I believe in God or, you know, do anything for God? And it was was a very lonely place, most definitely. You know, I had built up a lot of barriers between myself and my higher power and and people, places and things. You know, I definitely isolated. I experienced, you know, a lot of uh, negative um, things in my life as as a young person. But, you know, when I came into this program, I was desperate because I wanted to live. And, you know, food was killing me. My food and my food behaviors were, were killing me. So I had a willingness just to lay aside my prejudices and my judgments against, you know, uh, God and, and just be open to whatever, you know, I can learn from this, my sponsor in this program. And by working the steps and clearing those blocks and clearing out those barriers and learning that, you know, this is what I had to do to be open uh, for something new, for something different, um, you know, has brought on so many wonderful things in my life today, the freedoms and the peace and the serenity. And um, I'm just really grateful for that. Today, you know, there is a presence of God. You know, anytime there are barriers that block me and, and my higher power, I have to do work and I have to take action to clear them out. And um, because, you know, my higher power today is the most important thing in my life. It's my strength. It's my courage, you know. Um, but I can't just sit around and say, do for me, because I have to take the actions. I have to get up, do the work, make the phone calls, plan my food, um, work with others, you know, stay connected, and, and, and enjoy life. Enjoy life. Last week I went camping. I had a, an awesome time in the mountains of North Carolina. And I'm looking forward to doing it again. And, you know, in my disease, it was very challenging to do those kinds of things. And so I'm just really grateful. You know, today I live in conscious companionship with my creator. And I want to constantly clear those blocks because I enjoy the freedom, the peace, and the serenity that comes from that. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Wendy M., followed by Marie J. Yeah, good morning. Hi, Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. Grateful to be on the line, and thank you, God, for my entire abstinence this morning. Um, So the first thing that, that pops out, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. And um, my story is that the God question really was irrelevant. It's like, what does God have to do with me getting my needs met? Zero. Like, in other words, I didn't care either way if there was a God because um, my hobbies were binging on being a victim. My hobbies were binging on what can I get. My hobbies were 
the food, the food for sure was my hobby. So the God question, like who really cares? Because it has nothing to do with getting my immediate needs met. And when it says like hasn't done anything for me, yeah, I mean my story is I'm a taker, I'm a user. It's what can I get? Um, it's also victim, self pity. You know that really worked for me for a long time. I was sort of a sad sack as a young child, and I never had the courage to actually tell anyone what I thought and felt. But I was seriously passive aggressive and seriously into um, self-pity and victimhood. And, you know, I binged on that. That was my binge food. When I wasn't eating, I was binging on those, those feelings, those emotions, you know. And, um, and today I don't have to do that. And today I have a program where I can stop and go, holy crap, I'm in self-pity big time today. I better make a phone call. I better do some writing. I better get unblocked and go to God with that. And the freedom that I get in knowing now when I'm in victimhood and self-pity is phenomenal, right? And then it says, who am I to say there is no God? You know, it's like, whoa, oh, my gosh. Who am I to say anything about anything, right? The most revolutionary sentence I can say to you is, I don't know, right? Oh, my God, I've been going through my life pretending that I know everything and faking it and trying to convince you that I know stuff. And it's exhausting. I can tell you right now, the minute I say, I don't know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about a God. And then it's like, why not believe in God? Let's just try it because I'm coming in on a losing streak, right? I'm coming in with what I've done has not worked. That's what I know. And so why not have a yes ma'am program where I take direction from my sponsor and this book and the 12 steps? Of course, I'm going to take direction because it works. That's how I know that I don't know anything, and I get such freedom when I say I don't know anything, you know? I don't know a thing. And, and who am I to say about anybody, about all my prejudices? And the minute I let that go, I get such a deep, deep peace and such a deep freedom that for today, I don't have to know anything this morning. I can go into work saying, I don't know. Let God surprise me today. Let God show me with that open mind. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy M. Marie J., followed by Mary B. Hi, thanks. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, great. This is Marie J., recovered in Colorado. And I'm going to echo a little bit of what Wendy just said. You know, who are there you to say that there is no God? This is such a powerful, powerful sentence and question for me and was a really turning point for me in my recovery um, when I got to a place of unknowing. And I finally reached the acceptance that I have fear and doubt about God and that I want to control God and that I don't ever want to admit that I don't have the answers. That's a really heavy load to carry. But when I finally got there, who am I to say? You know, so I grew up with, with God, someone else's God. I grew up with my, my parents' God, the church's God, and I thought that that was what God was, and if that was what God was, eventually I was like, oh, I reject this. I reject this religion, but I threw God out with the religion, and I stayed that way for 20 years. And I was in ACOA and CODA and all those things for 11 years I was in there and I never got God. I was still trying to control God. I was still trying to create God so that I could live with some notion of what I could create. And even in OA, it was you know, several years before I finally let go of the notion that I knew anything about God. And now today I live with that mantra that I don't know. I don't know. I don't have to know. There's not any shame in knowing. And in fact, there's freedom in not knowing. I don't have to know. I don't have to be the answer woman. Because if I do know, then I'm creating God. I'm inventing God with my mind. And my human mind is so limited that I miss out on so much more that God is that I don't know. And so I say that a lot all day long. I don't know. But I have faith that there is something greater than me. And that started by just believing everybody on this line who said, yeah, I've experienced this. You know, understand it in the way you understand it, but it is real. It happens, and you just have to find it for yourself. But I find that through saying to myself, who am I to say there's no God? 
And who am I to say that I, I can put that God in a box and define it and say, here's what it is? That limits me. And so that's all I need to know is I don't know, I don't have to know, and then I'm open to experiencing God. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Marie J. And Mary B., followed by Angela. Thank you, Mary B. Mary B., press star one to unmute. Is it possible that that was Millie D? Pardon? Say that again. Millie D? People often think I say, think I say Mary when I say Millie. Okay, yes, it's you. Thank you. What's your Spell your name for me. M-I-L-L-Y. Okay. D. Thank you. Hi, I'm Millie D. Um, compulsive Overeater Recovered in San Diego. And this is this is big for me, Sharon, two days in a row. But I had to go right to the um, who are we to say there is no God. I did have a vital spiritual experience that brought me back into this program. In 2002, I had reached my limit of everything. My life was totally unmanageable. I won't go into that. I couldn't stop eating. And I called out to God on my way to the grocery store. Uh, I need to see what I need to do, God, please help me, help me, show me what I need to do. And I got out of my car, and OA was written on the curb. Now, it's a a little deeper than that, but it was a vital experience for me. And so who am I to say there's no God? There is a God in my life. Who he is? I have no idea. What it is? I have no idea. It doesn't matter. All I know is that there's a force of greater good out there for me, and it's inside me, it's outside me, it's everywhere. And um, I have them constantly in this book. This morning I was doing my, my prayer and meditation, following the directions precisely in this book, and I uncovered a huge thing that's blocking me. Um, I've been having a lot of difficulties, physical difficulties, and, and people are trying to help me, and I want to control the whole thing because that's my deal. And... You know, a big shame thing came up to me this morning. And, and, you know, God works continually in my life. Sometimes I have to dig. I have to dig down in there, dig down deep. Because I know God's there, but I have to do this work to uncover it. If I don't do this work, it stays, even though I've had that vital experience. I know that God is, is here for me. But I block it so many times. I get afraid. I get I get ashamed. I get all sorts of things happen happen that that put a wall there, and I have to dig through it. You know, I have not elevated to the level of the Dalai Lama. It doesn't just come to me. I have to work for it, and and I'm so grateful that I have this book. I have these meetings, and and this part right here just reminded me so much this morning. Who am I to say there's no God? Who am I to say that he's not there for me every minute? Every minute of every day. So um, I'm extremely grateful for, for this program, for this book, for the, all the people that came before me and are still here, and um, all the people I have in my life. I'm going to get emotional now. What did it help me? My God, you know, I'm I tried control, you know, and I've let that all go this morning. Uh, I'm extremely grateful. Like, who am I to say there's no God? He's everywhere. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you. And next we'll have Angela. I don't have your your last initial, uh, followed by Ginger C. Angela, press star one to unmute. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Is this Angela? It's Angela L. L. Okay, thank you, Angela. Okay. Uh, So that what jumped out um, in this for me was um, he lives in constant companionship with with the creator. And um, I've been doing that for a long time. I've been in program for many, many years.
Angela, we lost you. Star one, Angela. Somebody's Somebody's unmuted. Angela? All right, we'll come back to Angela. Ginger C, are you available? Hello? Ginger C? Hi, good morning. Can you hear me, Mo? Yes, who is this? This is Ginger C. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Ginger. We'll see if we can get Angela back after you. Okay, great. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Okay. Ginger C. Recovered, compulsive overeater in Colorado. And um, tears just are in my eyes just looking at that one sentence. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. It's just amazing what happens when I'm finally out of ideas and I put the fork down and I invite God in. And then I get this infinite power and love. Again, none of the stuff that I do is about me. It's nothing about Ginger. It's about this love that's flowing through me, this light that's shining because of God's light and love. But, you know, he steps from bridge to shore. How did he get there? He let go of the wheel. He finally said, I need God 100%, and I'm not going to give God 90 and hold on to 10. I'm letting it all go. And then he gets to shore. You know, and I think that's the hard thing for us is we love control. I want to know. I want to be okay. I don't want to lose what I have, and I want to get what I want. And I have thought so many times if I only got this, then I would be happy. I don't know what God wants for me, and God wants great, amazing things for me. I really lose when I start trying to steer and and go into these places that I think are the magic answers. So I am so grateful, you know, this conscious companionship with this creator that it's in my heart today that I finally was beaten from every bite that I took. You know, and on the page before it says, with this attitude, you cannot fail. And what do you have to lose? You know, hopefully the food is convincing you because it's only going to progress. It's only going to get worse. Every addiction, that's all it does. It goes south. But with this attitude, you cannot feel. You can join this broad highway. You can come home. And I think that's the greatest struggle for us as human beings. I am so doing this imperfectly because I like to go on sprees, thinking sprees, shopping sprees. I got other things that I can play with. And it does not involve God. So this is why I have a daily reprieve. Where are you thinking? What's going on, Ginge? Because are you close and connected? Or are you trying to get a little vicarious thrill in another way? My food may be down, but there's plenty of other seats on that boat, that Titanic. And I guess, again, it's only, it's only sinking. But I like effects. I am an addict, and i got to be honest. And that's what it says on that page before, too. If you're honest and you search diligently within yourself, again, this God is not hard to find. It's deep down within each and every one of us. But I have to do the searching. And my searching began when I was dying in the food and I said, God, help me, and I meant it. And God came to me. And God will come to you. So if you're hurting today, reach your hand out and watch the miracles and watch what can happen. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Uh, Angela L., are you back on the line? I am. I don't know what happened. My phone <laughs> went out. But All yes, right, this so is a- we'll start you again. Okay, Angela, go. Thank you. This is Angela L. from New York. Um, and I've been in program many years, and uh, I've been restored to sanity somewhat. So mm-hmm. some of the, the book, what he was saying, he had a constant relationship with God and and I have been grateful to have that for many years. Uh, it's kept me sane, and it's kept me in order. And uh, But late, recently, my daughter went into program, and I'm so happy for her. I prayed for that. But I don't want to become these people who are on TV, the mom group. I love the show, and it makes me laugh, but I don't want to be making adjust, adjustments to each other. I just want her to be healed as I have been. Uh, but it's 
given, shaken my ground a little. So I want to be able to come into program, and I can't go into program here because she goes to all the meetings in my area. So I bless her for that, and I'm glad there's this phone meeting, and thank you all so much for sharing. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. I will now open the lines up for more uh, shares. Amanda B., I have you on there as number one. Hello. Beverly R. Sherry KB. Holly Q. Deborah P. Deborah P. Kelly, was that a Kelly? Julie C. Julie C. I will stop there. Was there a Kelly? Did you hear Beverly R.? I'm sorry. I have Beverly R. Yes. Uh, Thank Kelly? you so much. And Leah I think, Leia did you hear Debbie instead of Kelly? Oh, maybe it was Debbie. Okay. All right. I don't have everybody's initial. I did the best I could. So we'll start with Amanda B. followed by Beverly. Hi, this is Amanda B. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. It's a little noisy, but you can be heard. Okay, great. Hang on just one second. I will just try to change that. Is that better? Much better. Thank you. Okay. I'm just pulling over here because I feel so grateful to be on a meeting while I'm in my car. Mm. Um, And um, I'm Amanda B. from Toronto. And, you know, I love this chapter because it talks to me um it says who am i to say there is no god and you know i have been in program for 14 years and i believed in god this whole time i grew up with a jewish mother and a catholic father and there's lots of guilt and lots of food and a lot of punishment in terms of god it's like how could there be a god if this happened or if that happened and everybody had an axe to grind um, and even in my 14 years of program, it's just somebody had shared, well, I've been a year in program, or I, I know that I often hear, I've only been here for a short time and I can't find God. I only found God this year. Um, and who am I to say there is no God? And I believed in a God, but I believed in a mean, punishing, purposeless life and uh, and God. And everything that was happening was happening to me. And it was only a matter of time. After 14 years, somebody's going to suggest step two. I mean, there's 12 steps in 14 years. So I went back to step two. And I said, you know, what is this? Who am I to say there's no purposeful, loving, and benevolent God? And that things happen for me and not to me. That my, what I think are my bad experiences are actually happening for me. And I can find purpose and meaning and love in that. And you know, who am I to say that God is not loving, benevolent, and purposeful? And so for me, this just reminds me about changing my attitude about God and about my life. I don't know why things happen. I don't have full knowledge or else I would be God. I don't have to believe in a mean, terrifying God. I can believe in a loving and benevolent God who has my best interests at heart. And my daughter is recently struggling with potty training. (laughs) It's the fourth time around. And she's finally getting it. And I, I don't think it's a mistake. I said, God, what do I say to this kid? It's driving me nuts. And I said, listen, Emily, I love you if you go to the potty, and I love you if you don't. And she said, Mommy, Mommy, you love me. And I think that's what God is for me. He loves me if I'm doing this. He loves me if I'm not doing it. I have value, and I'm lovable, and, and God is loving and benevolent. And when I changed that, it's not who is who am I to say there is no God. Who am I to say that God's a jerk? And it was only that change in belief. Um, and, and I just, I feel so, so grateful to have that change in belief because that's the change in my life. And God doesn't come to me, you know, always through a book and through a spiritual experience. I get the educational variety. God comes to me through people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda B. Beverly? I didn't get your last initial, followed by Sherry KB. Hello, it's Beverly R. Beverly R. Thank you, Beverly. Can you hear me? Okay, I'm going to start. Um, My name is Beverly R. from Gaithersburg, Maryland, Eastern Standard Time. And um, I, my God is the traditional God, 
God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and I was born into that family. My mother was a very deep religious and spiritual person, and I um I sort of call myself um an unofficial AA. I'm not an AA person, but I sort of was introduced in the room through AA because there was no OA in my in my neck of the woods, and um. It's been a long journey, and um, I don't know. I I I am so rebellious and so stubborn, and oh my, so recalcitrant. And sometimes the only t- reason why I don't want to do something is because it's the right thing to do. And sometimes I say to God, God, why am I like this? Why do I have? There's a particular character defect that I have that I find particularly distasteful. I say I'm like a rough-hewn fisherman. And and, and and I was talking to God and said, God, why do I have this character defect? And the answer that came was, you're human and imperfect. And you're going to be human and imperfect until the day you die. And I say, and I say, and I don't understand why I have to have this character defect, but God loves me. He made me. He understands. And uh, and as I said, it's it's a journey, not a destination. I just I don't I don't like to talk for too long, but I just there's an image I like to use. There's a light at the end of the tunnel, and the t- but the tunnel is choked with garbage. And in OA, we dig away at the garbage to reach the light at the end of the tunnel. And this is my metaphor for my spiritual journey in OA. And as I said, I've always believed, but just blocked by so many things, so many really, really difficult and painful experiences, especially as a as a teenager and as a young adult. And even now, I'm still coming to grips with them. But, and somehow, through a vision for you and my sponsor, and you all, you wonderful people, I am becoming abstinent. Have a good day. It's Beverly. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Beverly R., Sherry KB, followed by Debbie. Good morning, Mo. Good morning, everybody. Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, Very grateful, recovered, compulsive by reader. Thank you so much for your service, Mo, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. I'm just going to dive right in. Um, You know, I looked at the calamities that that were immediately in my family that embittered me and depressed me, and, you know, I can relate to that. And it, you know, it brought me to the point of self-destruction because, I, you know, I was face down on the food and face down on my emotions. And then, you know, the second paragraph where it talks about is it possible that all religious people I have known are wrong. And what I want to say is, I, you know, for people who don't want to talk about the religion thing, I, was, I think about the people that were recovered that, were, that went ahead of me and did this work. That's what I, I look at is, you know, could they possibly, you know, be wrong with everything that they've done. And so that's what, how I related to it. And then... Um, you know, who am I to say that there is no God? And what I want to say is, you know, who am I to say that I believe in God, but at the point that I didn't think that God could help me. Um, and so that got in my way. So I had to set that aside. And it's talking about setting aside my old prejudices. And would you please um, time me? I just forgot to put my timer on. Um, got it. Thank you. Um, and just who am I to say that the 12-step program won't work for me? You know, that's another thing that I, I would add to this. And when I think of the presence of God, I think that what had happened is when I went through my fourth step and I gave away my fifth step, the barriers that I built through the years swept away. And that's what happened is the barriers that once I gave my fifth step away, and what were my barriers? My self-will, my finite self, <clears throat> my compulsive reading, my resentments, my fears, my fear, doubt, and insecurity, um, you know, restless, irritable, and discontent. I wrestled with all those by myself, and now, you know, they got swept away. And because of the presence of a infinite and a powerful higher power for me, um, that I stepped from bridge to shore. Um, I finally stepped into faith and trusting my higher power. And that also that, you know, one of my favorite things here, it says he lived in the consciousness companionship with his creator. 
and that's you know that is such a beautiful line to me because because of this program, because of working the steps, because of getting unblocked, and that's what it is here is I'm getting unblocked from the barriers of self of my destructive self that was in the first uh paragraph that we read on self destruction um that you know that they 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 swept away. It's not that things don't come up today, but I know what to do with them. And right now I'm going through a lot of stuff. Um, I had a, I had a loss uh, over last weekend, and I've been feeling very sad. But I've also felt the presence of my higher power, and I know that I'm walking through this hand in hand with my higher power. And that's the beauty of this program, and that's the beauty of the twelve steps. And that, you know, it's set aside my old prejudices and believing that, you know, that God can do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. And we have five minutes left, and I have four uh, readers, so we're probably only going to be able to get two to two of you. Debbie, I didn't get your last initial, followed by Deborah. Debbie, press star one to unmute. Hello? All right, we'll move on to Deborah. I didn't get your last initial either. Are you there, Deborah? Hello, yes, this is Deborah P. Can you hear me? Yes, I can, Deborah. Hi, everyone. Deborah P. Oh, hello. Uh, this is Debbie S. Oh. All right. Go ahead. Uh, okay, Debbie oh, S. Sorry. Why don't you go, and then Deborah will come to you. Okay, Debbie S. You on there, Debbie? Okay, sorry, I was having problems muting and muting. I'll be very quick. It's Debbie S. Um, in, yes, can you hear me? Hello? Is this Debbie S.? Debbie S. Hello? Hello. Debbie F. is in Frank, yes. Oh, Frank. Okay, F thank you, is Debbie. In Frank. Okay, got it. Yes, hello. Yes. Yeah, no problem. I'll be quick. Yes, yeah, I'll be quick. I know there's a lot. Um, I'm, in, I'm in Los Angeles, recovered with a reader, and um, just want this is jumping out a couple things. Who, who are you to say there is no God? Um, and I never, for, for me, I never came in thinking that there wasn't a God. Um, I wasn't religious. I wasn't, but you know, I thought there was. I guess if there's something out there, but it was more about. But who is there to say there isn't a God for me? That that I deserve. That I'm um, enough. Um, that I belong in in all of this, um, and so that was my first step for me in um, coming up with my own conception of of higher power, and that was, you know, um, almost seven years ago, and um, and it's just grown from there. And the the idea that um, you know getting um, this poured over and through with a certain majesty of a great tide of flood, you know, the conviction of the presence of God, and for me. Where I find that is um, to be able to grow and grow and cultivate more and more is, is with meditation and sitting in that quiet and, and being able to hear that, that just that peace and stillness um, that gets me closer um, to my higher power so that the more I do that, the more I can carry that same belief out into the world with me as I go along and, and um you know, come in contact with other people and my own thoughts and everything. So um, that's all I'll say. I'm really enjoying meeting. Thank you. Very grateful. Uh, thank you, Debbie F. And we have time for one more share. It'll be Deborah P. Thank you. Hi, Deborah P. Hi, this is Deborah P. Compulsive Overeater. Um, so, yeah, this is I just you know, there has to be a God because I'm up at 7 a.m. every morning. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay. Because um, I'm up at 7 a.m. every morning on this meeting, which is a miracle in itself, and I just love the um, the richness. I mean, everybody just seems to really think deeply about these things. And, um, you know, when I came into program, I mean, I had this part figured out as far as I, I like, I knew God, I had a higher power, and that part was just a no-brainer for me. But as time went on and, you know, life gets kind of challenging, I've had some medical issues. I've had something called Lyme disease, which is just a complete nightmare. And um, we've lost a couple of people recently to suicide. And, you know, it's just a lot, a lot of suffering. 
And so I have gone through a period to say of doubt would be an understatement. I mean, I have gone through, like, yeah, there's just, you know, this stuff is just all randomly happening. You know, people are suffering. And, you know, I really lost my belief in God, I would say, at some po- at one point. But, you know, it's just, it's, you, I cannot deny, you know, all the amazing things that are happening. I mean, you know, the trees and the flowers and the, you know, and so who am I to say that there is no God? I mean, I just truly believe there's a God and there's certain things that I can't figure out, but um, I see miracles of God just happening here in this meeting like every day, you know. Um, and I love this part, um, just kind of the end of this paragraph, because I think this encapsulates the the, the promises. Um, the barriers he had built through the years were swept away. He stood in the presence of infinite power and love. He had stepped from bridge to shore. For the first time, he lived in conscious companionship with his creator. And um, that's, that's how it should be. I mean, that's um, that's how I hope to to work this program and to um, to live the rest of my days. So thank you for letting me share, and have a great day, everyone. Well, thank you, Deborah P. And I'm sorry, Julie and Leah, we don't have time for you this morning, but maybe on Monday. I want to thank all those who uh, gave service this morning: Melissa C. K., Susan R., Ramona A. Jordan L. and Terry H., and all those who shared on the meeting. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Jordan L. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. This is Jordan L., compulsive leader in Colorado, recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. This is page 64 of the big book. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.